Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ. I also want to thank my listeners from around the world. Never ever give up hope is now heard in over 70 different countries. And that I find is thrilling because not only are my guests giving incredible stories and messages of hope, but my listeners have been leaving fabulous reviews and comments, which definitely helps for the show's success. So thank you. Never Ever Give Up Hope has a message of hope that the world needs to hear. And what I have discovered, and I'm sure all of you are aware, and that is it doesn't matter what our ethnic backgrounds are. It certainly doesn't matter what our financial positions are or our educational backgrounds. We all have problems that we need to face, some small, some larger. We're human, and no one is immune to problems. And all of us at some point need that message of hope, which is um, because of the variety in my guests, from anything from people who have been abused to um, people who have lost everything through poor financial decisions or any number of things, but they all have a different story and they all, you can relate to many of them on different levels. So I thank you, guests and listeners alike. Also, uh, if you have a story, I'm looking for, always looking for more stories. So if you feel you have a story that you would like to share on this program, please contact me at batteredhope at gmail.com. And we certainly will see what we can do to fit you in. Thank you. With me today is Donna Cater. Donna is an online video course instructor and an author. She is known as a master in reinventing oneself, which some of us at many times in our life would like to do. And she is also dedicated to helping others, particularly, particularly after they have gone through a major life-changing event. Her professional experience has included a college, being a college counselor, a career counselor, a small business owner, and an acupuncturist. And these help contribute to her qualifications as a mentor, which she is and will share with us how she does this on her online course. Donna is dedicated 100% to helping people survive, come alive, and thrive. Welcome, Donna. Thank you so much, Carol. I really appreciate being here. And it sounds like our missions in life are, if not exactly the same, at least very parallel. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's, it's good that we have people like us, right? Your book, which is entitled, I'm Still Alive, What Next? I love that because it certainly tells the message right out there. And we've all asked that question probably at some point of our lives. Okay, I made it through that one. What's coming up now? That's right. So your book is entitled that, and the same as your online video course, I'm Still Alive. Now, these were born out of two major events in your own life. Could you tell us about these events and also how you coped initially? Thank you. Yes, yes, definitely. I'd love to share that because it really, it, it really led me to wanting to publish a book and have it a course that people can take in order to help get through events that just all of a sudden change your life. Uh, a little bit of background. I was, I would, I call it ridiculously busy. <laughs> I was, uh, I was an acupuncturist. I, w I had my own clinic. I had a business partner, but um, I had my own clinic. And then my mom was aging, so she had lots of health issues. So she, um, and she lived with me part of the time. So I was running a, a business. I was doing a lot of treatments, and then I was helping take care of my mom in the evenings and on the weekends. And so I just say it was ridiculously busy. Mm -hmm. And then two things happened within 10 days of each other. My mom had gotten very, very sick and was in the hospital. And I, she was in the hospital for a total of three weeks. About halfway through that, I fell and I broke my shoulder. It's actually the humerus bone, the top of the, mm -hmm. the arm. And uh, I didn't find it very humorous, although I did see a little humor when I when I found out what what bone it was. <laughs> you gotta laugh through every situation, right? Absolutely, <laughs> and, if you, and it, you know if it's gonna be funny later, why not have it be funny in the moment? So, right. in the midst of all this pain, I you know I did see a, a bit of humor in it. I was dealing with a lot of physical pain and you know ice packs, and I, for for a long time I just had to keep it you know immobile so that the bone would heal. There I was in the hospital. I was sitting there, you know, with ice packs on, and the nurse would come refill my ice packs when I was, you know, in there with my mom. And and then a, f a few days after I fell, we found out that she wasn't gonna um, she wasn't gonna make it through. In other words, she was gonna pass. So about ten days after I fell, she passed. So that's a major thing, you know. Anyway, when you're when a parent goes. You know, it just the the rug gets knocked out from under you, and it's like the world changes, and you you don't know you know what's what anymore. It's like kind of what like what you thought about the world just shifts, and and then also, you know, I just really was in the throes of shock. Basically, that's what happens right after okay. something happens. I was shocked because I fell, and then I was shocked again when my mom passed away. I started kind of documenting what it what I was going through and the beginning was just shock and all the all levels get shocked you know you get shocked physically emotionally mentally spiritually sometimes your finances get shocked sometimes your relationships get shocked you know all these different levels or parts of us are in a state of shock so the first thing to do really is just breathe and through my studies of Chinese medicine I learned um, something called qigong, which is a, a system of breathing and exercising. I couldn't do a lot of exercising, but I could breathe. So 
I started focusing on my breathing. And sometimes that would just get me through a moment. You know, I would have sometimes moments of pain, physical pain. And the more I focused on my breathing, the better I felt and the less medication I had to take. And then also when I was going through moments of grieving the loss of my mom, I sometimes would would have to cry. And I think it's actually really good to cry when it's there. And and so and I would cry and then I would breathe and realize, you know, gosh, I'm still alive. <laughs> Here I am. I'm still my life's still going on. You know, <laughs> hers is done, but my life is still going on. So I did things like go out into nature and just watch it was starting to be springtime so flowers were starting to bloom and and the trees were coming out and and you know I, I realized that life does go on and then but how was I going to go on without my mom and and I eventually needed to sell my part of the business because I was in so much pain I couldn't work because not only did I mess up my shoulder I messed up my knee so when I tried to go back to work after a few months it was it was impossible to get through the day. Was this with, with an acupuncture? I was an acupuncture. Okay. So some of my patients were saying, you know, Donna, sit down. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so there were my patients telling me, you know, to yes. take care of myself. So I, uh, after about a year or so, I, I had a big talk with my business partner and said, listen, I don't think I'm going to be able to function as I, as I was, you know, so, so we talked about it and I ended up just selling the business to him and which was a, which was a great thing. And for him and for me, it was just time, you know, because mm -hmm. it took me really a full three years to come back without pain, to come really? back to life, I would say, because my shoulder healed, but then it didn't, um, there was still something wrong in there, and I knew there was something wrong. The, the bones had healed, but I went to the shoulder doctor, and he, you know, then they did the MRI after the bone had healed, and he said, yeah, there's something not right in there, some tendons. And w once they went in there, they found out the biceps tendon had become detached. So they actually had to reattach it, and then I had to go through the pain of that and rehabbing it. So it was if not three years, I think it was maybe about two and three quarters years by the time all the surgery, you know, went around and everything. Mm -hmm. So it was a long period of time. But during that time, I started writing this book. And um, and I realized that there are actually steps and kind of stages that you go through to come back alive again. Because for a while, I, I just didn't feel very alive. You know, I didn't have my work. I didn't have my mom. Mm. I was in pain. So... So it was like, okay, I don't feel alive. What makes me feel alive? So part of the book, I do share stories. And in the video course, I share stories about, you know, the things that I went through. And one of them was when I started driving again, because my I, I drove a stick shift car. So it was my right shoulder, my left knee. So mm -hmm. I couldn't drive for a while. So people would drive me, my son would drive me to my appointments or whatever. So I went through probably about five or six months where I didn't drive. And when I was finally able to get it, I got another car and I was able to drive myself. I went to a drive through coffee place and um, somebody years before had bought my drink, you know, the person right. ahead of me. Yes. So I thought, yeah. oh, I, let me do that for the person behind me. So I did that. And as I drove away, I found some joy. Yes. 
I found my joy again. I, and I didn't talk to the person. They didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. I just drove away. And I actually had to pull over and just sit with myself for a moment and just feel the joy. Because I, really, months had gone by when I didn't feel the, the joy. And then I kind of, you know, analyzed why was I feeling so much joy. And part of my joy in life comes from helping people. And, you know, as a counselor, as an acupuncturist, I always had that as part of my, and taking care of my mom, you know, I was helping people. And that's just who I am. You know, whether it's genetically or whatever, I've come from a family of teachers. My parents were teachers, all my cousins, you know, aunts and uncles, we're all teachers, you know. <laughs> and, in other so, words, you're, uh, you're somebody that is giving, giving, yes. giving, giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm more helpers and so I had that period of time where I wasn't helping anybody besides myself and you know that's I should stress too how important it is to take care of yourself when you're going through things because we can also run around and and uh, forget ourselves in the process of taking care of other people and I've learned that that the better you take care of yourself the better you can take care of other people that's, so that's not an easy lesson to learn. I know, but that, that that's part of my message, too, that it's okay to take time for yourself. It's okay. Especially if you've gone through something, you need time mm-hmm. to, to heal and kind of reassess what's going on and where you want to go now with your life. What's your next chapter? A couple questions that I have as you were talking. Mm-hmm. And one is you mentioned that your shoulder took three years to heal without pain. And what I was thinking is that very often, depending upon what we go through, society at large, uh, friends in particular, spouses, may want you to rush that healing process. And they feel that, like, get on with it. What's your problem that it's taking you this long to heal? Now, I understand that you were referring to a physical healing, but do you find that in people that you are dealing with, that... They feel rushed, like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I heal? And how do you deal with that when you're counseling? Well, you know, I felt that for myself, too. I was kind of judging my own healing process, you know, and I was almost counseling myself, come on, like, you know, let's get on with it. But sometimes things just take as long as they take, you know, and nature doesn't heal. I mean, sorry, nature doesn't rush. Mm -hmm. So I take a lot of clues from nature. You know, it takes a while for things to grow and, and you know, mature. You know, rosebud doesn't come become a rose overnight. You know, or crops, they don't grow overnight. It takes, it takes however long it takes. So I think it's a, it's a matter of honoring yourself day to day, moment to moment, and realizing that things just take time. You know, we're in physical bodies and we are in time. You know, even though we might feel like we're, um, you know, we're sort of separate from our bodies, we're really not. And so it just takes time to go through things emotionally, physically. And, you know, I think that there are things, specific things we can do to speed up the process a little bit. But things just do take time. And the things I'm talking about that can speed up the process... One would be, you can find mentors, people that have gone through what you've gone through. And if you can't find mentors that are close by you, now because of the the World Wide Web, it really is a World Wide Web. Right. And you can right. find people that can mentor you. And 
so that's one of the things that I did as I was going through things. I found a, I found a mentor. That's very good advice. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's also processes you can do with yourself, and some of them I share in the book. Exercises you can do, writing exercises, you know, how to find a new mission in life, or how to revamp your, your, uh, your old mission. There are specific things you can do to speed up the process, but also just you just need to, to think about you know healing takes time. You know, if you get a cut on your hand, it takes time to, for that to heal. And just be patient with yourself, and you will get through it, and things will get better. I think that's a major point that I give in my book and in my course. Things will get better, and there are things you can do to help yourself, but also don't rush the process. Now, you had mentioned a few times uh, the word alive, you know, not feeling alive or feeling alive once again. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, would you say that this is the area where we put our value on ourselves? In other words, if we don't feel we are doing anything of value, like you said, you were always giving, you know, and, and, and that stopped. You couldn't do that anymore. So is this part and parcel to that feeling of being alive and that if you are that type of individual that needs to give, that even through your pain, should you find a way that you can do that and feel of value or do you, is this what you recommend or not? Well, I think that it could be a pathway. It could be a very nice pathway to feel alive again. Because I think there are lots of pathways to feel that again. Had I been able to, you know, be a little bit more introspective and figure out what it was that really makes me feel alive, there's mm-hmm. possibility that I could have done, you know, something differently as I was physically healing. I, I could have, you know, done other things online with people or calling friends. I mean, I did do some of okay. that, okay. but I just didn't, um, it's possible I could have done more, but I think... What I did that is the more is create the online course and the and the book because I think that's okay. really um, it's what I was nurturing during that time and as soon as I got onto that idea then it was like oh, okay I need to it did bring me joy once I started writing and creating it was like this this has the potential to help a lot of people not just people in my personal mm-hmm. circle you know this this has the potential to help other people wherever they are on the planet and that that really brings me so much joy have you ever had a client that was a challenge and something that you had never experienced before and if so could you share that maybe in other words i understand that everything in life basically is relative what we experience and some people certainly can handle more trauma than others my really serious trauma might be nothing to somebody else or vice versa so have you ever come across someone who was possibly going through something that was a real challenge for you to help them well i i did come across somebody in my acupuncture practice her name is paula i actually talk about her in in the book and she came to me about a year after she had an accident it was a car accident she was actually run over by a truck, a small truck. It was actually her own truck, you know, so there was a little bit of humor in it. Um, she'd gotten out of her truck and didn't set the brake and didn't put oh. it in park, and she was moving her trash cans, and the and the car, the little truck started rolling, and it just rolled right over her. 
her husband luckily was nearby and he ran out and called the paramedics and the paramedics said do you realize you have a tire tread across your stomach and Paula said oh my god well just let me die just let me die and her husband said no you are not dying (laughs) so you know of course they rushed her to the hospital and and she, she was in a medically induced coma for a while and they did many many surgeries she said i don't even know how many surgeries i had to correct internal you know intestinal things and um just many many things and she had a colostomy bag for a while i don't know I don't know all of it because she didn't come mm-hmm. to me for about a year. At that point, she could barely walk. She could walk, but she could barely walk. And she had a tremendous amount of time getting up on the table to get her treatment. As we were talking and I was doing the intake, she said, have you ever come across anybody like me before? And I said, no. And she said, do you think you can help me? I said, I don't know. I Frankly, I don't know, but I will try. So it took her an enormous amount of time to get up on the table, but she didn't want any help. She was just like, let me do it. She got up there, I gave her a treatment, and in about five treatments, she, and within about two weeks, she came in, you know, two or three times a week. I turned around to write something in her chart, and she had gotten up on the table so fast, I couldn't even believe it. I turned around and went, Paula? She goes, I know, I know. So, so she, to me, is somebody who went through something so traumatic, so difficult, you know, multiple surgeries, um, just lots of things. And she went through a big process and I helped her and she had other people helping her massage therapists and doctors. And, and, you know, she had a whole team of people keeping her together. Now, if you saw her today, you would not ever know that that happened to her. She has a very active life right now. She, you would not know that she had any issues like that. She has grandkids. She throws parties. She has her garden. She, her, she and her husband both have Harley, you know, motorcycles, (laughs) and they go. And she's sixty something, and and they they go on trips, you know, and you know she still has some pain and a few issues, but uh-huh. nothing like, nothing like she had before. And her, she, I was just going to say what she might've expected to endure the rest of her life. Right. Right. And I, and I interviewed her about her story too, as I was in the course of writing my book. And she said, you know, my message to people is never give up, just never, ever give up. And even though it's taking a long time, people think you should be getting better faster. You yourself think you should be getting better faster. Don't give up. Just don't give up and keep going. Why don't you tell, I know you've mentioned it a few times, but tell us specifically about your book. You said there were there were stories. How is it written? Is it used as a, as a guide? Tell us about your book. It, it is a guide, and it, it starts at the beginning. The first chapter is called, What the Heck Just Happened to Me? Okay. <laughs> and it's all about getting over the shock and breathing and doing things, you know, specific things like drinking water, make sure you you eat things that have, you know, good nutrition and, and things just to take care of your physical body. So that's the that's the first chapter. And then the second chapter is all about, just reassessing your life on um, lots of different levels. And we are multidimensional beings. So we have a lot of things going on Mm -hmm. all at once. So 
I thought it would be important to just let's break things down. So I look at, I think, seven or eight, dif- eight different levels or dimensions of ourselves, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual relationships, finances, career. And then I also address kind of the imagination because sometimes we imagine we imagine things that are, you know, much worse than they are or um, or fear. You know, fear sometimes is is just all in the imagination. And really, you know, sometimes it's good to have fear. Like if you're getting attacked by somebody, run, you know, (laughs) have some fear. But there's a lot of, I think, just imaginary fear that people have. It's just, you know, they're afraid of what's going to happen or what might happen or you know, um, so anyway, there's a section on on imagination. Of course, there's the positive part of imagination too, because you can use your imagination to to imagine and uh, visualize what yes. you want in your future. Visualization is a is a great key as well, and I address that further on in the book. Okay. Um, I also talk about having empathy for yourself. There's a, a whole chapter on just how how you can love yourself more and appreciate yourself and you know transform yourself right (laughs) yes and transform any judgments of yourself or if you have limiting beliefs transform them more into a powerful empowering thoughts and affirmations and you know um i also suggest we just become hyper aware of our thoughts and you know tony robbins says whatever you hold in your mind on a consistent basis is exactly what you're going to experience in life. So just be hyper aware of your thinking. Um, I have another chapter on involving other people in your life, like finding great mentors and hanging around with with people that uplift you as much as you can. So you have lots of tips too. As lots far as, of tips. Okay. The whole book and the whole course is full of tips and exercises and things you can do with yourself to create a better future. You know, and to build on the on what happened in the past, you know, use the past as a stepping stone to um, to propel you into a better future and learn from it, too. I have a whole chapter on what did I learn from this and, you know, get okay. value from your experiences and also nourishing your inner life and taking time to tune in with yourself and figure out what your mission is in life, and what your purpose is. And I have a whole section on how to do vision boards. And I mean, as a matter of fact, I have a free video series on how to do a, what I call a turbocharged vision board. And if people go to my website, they can get access <laughs> to that free course. And, um, and then I also talk about bucket lists. I talk about, you know, I call them coming alive lists or extreme coming alive list, lists. And it's all about, what are the things that make us feel really alive? You know, I, I did a, a poll of all my friends on Facebook and people were saying all kinds of things that make them feel alive. You know, making making things on my sewing machine to give to my grandkids, you know, mm-hmm. um, walking in nature, helping a kid, reading to a child. You know, there's all kinds of things. And so the lists I have in the book are, are good seeds I guess you would say to to help people think okay what is it that really makes me feel alive and then do more of those things and even while you're healing you can do those things now how does the book differ from the course the the book is what's well, available on Amazon you can you can download a, an ebook or you can buy the print book and it's 
it's it's a good standalone thing. Okay. And it does have tips and exercises in it and great quotes from different people. Uh, there's one I love from Dr. Seuss that says, no one is youer than you. You know, it's all about appreciating your individuality and, and your um, the, the magnificence that you really are. So, and then the video course is a step-by-step. You can take six weeks to do it. That's what I recommend. And there are worksheets to download and things, exercises you can do with yourself. Exercises you can do with yourself to um, to work through, you know, looking at all the different dimensions or levels of yourself and working through things like, um, you know, what what does it? No, sorry. <laughs> working through things like what makes me feel really alive? You know, so there are worksheets and questions to ask yourself that you download through the video course. And by the way, if you go to my website, which is DonnaCater.com, K-A-T-E-R, there is a link to go to the video course. Normally it's $199, but you can get the the link for $97. So it is strictly a course that you do yourself or do you? Okay, so there's, now if anyone wanted to connect with you for any other, tell us about that then. Good question. I am going to be doing a course, I don't have the dates exactly yet, but it will be guiding people through the video course and then once a week we'll get together for a conference call. Okay. And um, so people can connect with me personally that way. Okay. So they can check my website for that. I, I think it's going to be starting in September. All right. And that'll be like an ongoing thing, like maybe a month at a time kind of? Yes, it'll okay. be a six-week course. I'll okay. do one in September. I'm planning another one in January. Okay. okay. And you know, probably three times a year I'll do that course. And it'll be, a, it'll be a way of people connecting with me and, you know, working with me also. Now, what's in your future? Do you have another wow. book? Or? <laughs> I do. Good question. Good question. Um, if you get the uh, the book, either the ebook or the the print book on the front, it says uh, my name, Don H. Cater, the creator of the Conscious Response Wheel. So that's my next book I'm working on. Okay. Because a lot of what happens in in life is not only the event that happened, but how we look at the event what's our response to the event Mm. and and what's our ongoing response because a lot of it has to do with how we tell the story do we tell it from the victim point of view this happened to me and you know um i had no control over it and and i'm i'm still traumatized by it you know and and a lot of people really do get stuck in their story and then the story starts starts informing who they are and I kind of have a different approach in that this, yes, the thing happened, but now maybe what's more important is how we continue to respond to it and really take 100% responsibility for our lives from now on. And using that event, looking at what we learned from it mm-hmm. and, and seeing how we can incorporate that into our lives now as an event that happened not to negate how traumatic or or important it was for you, but just to build on it and have it be less traumatic and more 
empowering. Well, thank you for that, because that is exactly what I respond when people say, how did you ever get through that? And, you know, they they under because when they read the memoir, they understand that there was a lot of trauma. And so, of course, you know, yes. how did you ever cope? And and the whole purpose of writing the memoir and what I always say in response to that is if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's all, I believe, in how you look at it, which is what you say not everybody can do. And they need direction and help and guidance on how to actually do that and not play out the victim role or the pity party mm-hmm. and realize that this is a good thing. What did I learn from this and where do I go from here? Yeah. And how can I yeah. use this experience to help somebody going through another, which is what I believe you are saying all through here. What would you like like to either capsulize or say in in closing of anything in particular or call to action or whatever you would like to summarize? <laughs> I think it's really important to do something. You know, if you have something you want to do, even take a little baby step. Okay. You know, baby steps will lead you there, you know. You know, a, a journey of a thousand miles begins mm-hmm. with one step, even if it's just a baby step, you know. So so do something, do something today, you know, buy my book, take my course, <laughs> um, listen to more podcasts by Carol, you know, uh, find a mentor. Yes, I like that. Find a Do mentor. something yes. good for somebody, you know, take some action. And it could be internal action. You know, you could really look at um, – Forgiving yourself or I think maybe even more important than forgiving yourself is to to let go of any judgments you might have of yourself. So that's an internal action you can take. So expand on that a little bit on forgiving yourself. I know a lot of times our guests on the show talk about forgiving those who hurt them. But let's talk about forgiving yourself, like you just said. I think that's important to to address. It is. It's hugely important because it's it's another thing that that we sometimes do we continue to beat ourselves up if I hadn't been in that place at that time if I'd gone a different route home or or for me if I'd watched my feet better I wouldn't have fallen you know Uh, you know there's nothing I could do about my mom passing that was that way out of my hands but but you know um sometimes we just you know well actually I should go back to to saying you know, if somebody dies, sometimes it's really sudden. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we judge ourselves for not saying things to them that we mm. should have said. And my dad died suddenly when I was in my early 20s. And at that point, I did go through, wow, you know, why didn't I tell him I loved him more? Why didn't right. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't I, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, right. you know. But it's important, I think, to really examine those things and say, is, is this constructive for me to think these thoughts? Or is it more destructive? Part of what I'm going to be exploring in my next book, The Conscious Response Wheel, is I take clues from nature. You know, water can be destructive. It can be floods. It can mm-hmm. be hurricanes. Or it can be a more positive thing, like a like a nice flowing stream, and you just feel like you're in the flow when you're by it. It can be cooling, you know. So taking clues from nature can be, you know constructive or destructive so when you're working with yourself too you you say okay is this going to lead me to a better future is this thought of beating myself up is that going to lead me somewhere you know the whole thing about feeling guilty to me it's important to look and see okay what was my part in Mm. what happened 
that's okay to do for a certain amount of time. You might feel a little bit of guilt in there, but if you continue to feel guilty the rest of your life, that is not going right. to be that constructive. So we want to build better lives. We want to build lives that are more constructive where we're on the positive and we're helping people and we're lifting people up. That that to me is a better goal than beating myself down and, you know, with my judgments and my words to myself. Let's think better thoughts and have a better future. That's good. Think better thoughts and have a better future. I like yes. that. Quote yes. of the day. Think Thank better you. thoughts and have a, have better, a better future. future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Affirmations will really help retrain the brain to have a whole section on that in my book. Okay. That's help good. Your, help yes. you think better thoughts. I believe that we've covered everything that you want to cover. Any, I think any, so. Okay. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Think better thoughts, have a better future. I love that. Did I <laughs> that, say that? That's, that's you did. Good. Okay. We're going to put your name in lights now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Donna. It's been well, a delight. You, Definitely, you know, intrigued us to check out your, your video course online and absolutely your book as well. And it's good to know that you are available for that type of counseling as well for the six-week course, so we appreciate that, and all that information will be on your show notes. Again, I thank you for being my guest today. Thank you so much, Carol. Just just lovely talking to you. I loved every moment, and I hope someday to meet you in person, but if not, here's a big virtual hug. Oh, I got it. I just got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.